Did you know that Radio Vermont Group Digital Services can create videos including drone footage? We've even won awards for our videos. If you'd like to learn more and see examples of our work, go to rvgdigital.com. Radio Vermont Group, we're more than just radio. Good morning and welcome back. This is Vermont Viewpoint, WDEV. I'm Brad Perlin, your Monday host, and uh, hope your weekend went well. We just had a great conversation with Sonia, the director of Fleming Museum. Uh, it's a, a treasure down in Burlington on the UVM campus, and uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to uh, go to the go to the Fleming Museum, it's really a a great place to go. Uh, I want to welcome back now our good friend uh, from AARP, uh, Elliot Greenblatt. Uh, welcome to the show, Elliot. Hello. Hey, hey, Elliot. How are you doing? Hi. Good morning. Yeah, I was. I'm here. Hey, it's Monday. What you know? That's <laughs> how Mondays go. <laughs> Alive and well. I thought maybe uh, fraud got you. I hope not. You're the master of this. No, no, not. Well, it probably has. Uh, you know, even knowing uh, quite a bit about fraud and scams doesn't protect you all the time. And, yeah. You know, becoming a victim is uh, is something that you have to expect and be prepared to act so that you don't end up being on the losing end. So we'll uh, be talking for the next half hour with Elliot about uh, uh, different uh, scams that happen in Vermont. And I want to, you know, include our listeners to call in. If you've had an experience that you want to share, it's helpful to hear it in the real world because, you know, people, they, you know, they may get embarrassed about these things or, or whatever, but this is a billion dollar industry. And I think if you can share your experience and sort of how you and Elliot can help us all with sort of how to handle these things when they happen, we're at 802-244-1777. Uh, and I want to start a little bit with something I don't understand much about, but, uh, artificial <laughs> intelligence, Elliot. How, how does that fit into this uh, the scam world? Well, AI has provided the criminal with an unbelievable tool, and that tool uh, is very capable of deceiving just about anybody. Uh, you know, AI is simply uh, using computer systems and using them to perform tasks that typically require human intelligence, uh, visual perception, speech, speech recognition, decision-making. Uh, those are things that AI is very good at. And you know, computers are very fast, so you can uh, have the task completed faster than a human could normally think. So that that's pretty much what AI is. And it has it has good aspects and it has bad aspects. And what we're talking about today are, is the bad side, the you know the dark side. And and what are some of the examples of of what can happen with it? Well, one thing that you know again, it's computer intelligence being used. Uh, 
And the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, has put out a number of warnings on this because uh, it doesn't take much to, for instance, duplicate and create an imposter situation. Uh, voice synthesizing is one of the things that can happen. Now, we've always talked about that scam where you get a phone call from a grandson saying, I'm in jail in Montreal. Well, that muffled sound doesn't have to happen anymore because voice synthesizing can come from a very short video clip or audio clip that somebody's posted online. Think TikTok, uh, YouTube. So all the criminal has to do is grab that and they can create whatever part of a sentence or full sentence that they want to do. So voice synthesizing, uh, data collection. A computer very quickly can do a search online for every piece of information about an individual. Uh, it, it can lead to extortion, uh, digital imaging. Law enforcement officials in Canada were able to uh, take down one gentleman uh, who used AI to create social media profiles and in three days, he was able to accumulate about $200,000, according to law enforcement. And then the uh, other danger, which uh, I think we really have to watch out for, is fake news. Uh, you can take any politician, uh, use their voice pattern with AI, and create uh, an audio clip that has them saying things that they would never say. Well, we see, see what you want to see. Yeah, we see occasionally on social media where they they have an internet quote from Abraham Lincoln, and it's like, uh, mm, probably not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's the sort of thing. But the the danger is since you know politicians, uh, Bernie Sanders, for example, uh, has made a lot of public statements. So by taking clips of his voice, they can synthesize a different statement from him that, let's say, says, I've changed my mind. I now support big business. Yeah. Wow. It's so remarkable uh, and devious for sure. I I will note on uh, Facebook from time to time you see somebody comment on a person's post and says, you're a remarkable person. I don't know you very well, but I want to be your friend, accept <laughs> my friend request. And it's so now it's sort of, sort of generic looking that it's easy to detect, but it's just remarkable how how it's out there and persistent. And I imagine that once you accept that friend request, it, it leads to um, bad things, I'm guessing. Right. And, and it doesn't have to happen immediately. Um, many of these criminals have time on their side. So they set up a situation and can take days, months uh, to, to actually set the trap. So it isn't something where all of a sudden, you know, you get a, an email from somebody who claims to know you and then they uh, immediately begin the scam. It may be, as you had described, and then a month later, the person says, you know, it's been so great to know you. I'd love to come and meet you, uh, but I don't have enough money. Could you send me a little bit of cash on loan and I will come and visit you? Mm. Uh, that, that sort of scam approach to it.
And I've seen um, on Facebook, I keep going back to Facebook because uh, I'm familiar with that venue, but they, they have a lot of uh, quizzes that, you know, name your 30, answer these 30 questions. And it seems to me that that is one of the, the danger points, too, that you're providing a whole bunch of, of information that really is quite personal in a lot of ways that, that somebody could use. Is that right? That, that's correct. And, you know, given what other information they can collect on you, they can now build a very detailed profile of you that can be used against you. Uh, it, it, social media in general is probably the most dangerous venue uh, for people who are being targeted for scams because you, you let your guard down. You think you're you know, talking to a friend, you think you're posting to friends, and uh, that leaves you open to being victimized. So what are some of the uh, tools you offer to detect these artificial intelligence scams? What what can people do or look for? You know, that's where it really gets difficult uh, because this is a catch-up game. Uh, the criminals come up with something, and then at some point afterwards, we discover it and then come up with a way to block it. Uh, there has been some progress in malware software, the commercial software that you can purchase online from reputable companies, obviously. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you think about uh, how this would work, and particularly the video things, You've probably seen the games where you're, you're shown two pictures and you're asked to identify what the differences are between the two. And they're very subtle differences. That's the way we have to think of AI, because AI isn't precise all the time. And it can do things like create uh, uh, a situation where you know that there's lighting on a person, but there's no shadow behind them. So it's looking for what uh, the experts call aesthetic inconsistencies, lighting, shape, subtlety. The the problem is with social media in particular, we don't spend a lot of time looking at the fine line, at the very fine details of what we're looking at. And as a result, we miss those clues, those aesthetic differences. You know, things like when you smile, it's actually the top teeth where your smile is, not your bottom teeth. So if this person is smiling, but their top lip is not uh, not curled a little bit, that's a scam. But we don't look for those things because we don't think them. And it's a very sophisticated way of identifying the scams. So that that's one of the things with the audio ones, the, uh, with the visual ones. The audio scams uh, are a little easier to, to deal with. Uh, things like uh, creating a, uh, a family password so that everybody in the family knows that if, you know, you get in trouble uh, and you need to uh, talk to one of the family members use this particular word or for you as the recipient of the call to have some knowledge of that person that that comes 
side, that it's a, uh, a kind of a secret in the family or a situation of, you know, where somebody may have vacationed a couple of years ago and use that as the basis for questioning the person that's calling you and claiming to be the grandchild. Yeah. So you, you have to de- you have to develop that kind of uh you know, very inquisitive and very detailed approach if you're going to beat the bad guys. You have to be quite a detective. We're talking with Elliot Greenblatt with AARP. Elliot, I'm uh, a couple days ago on Facebook. There were there was uh, somebody who is on my friend list posted probably thirty items, cars, uh, and assorted things that you know, had, that were attractive to look at it at fairly good prices. One of them was a trailer and I thought, wow, $400 trailer. That looks great. So I private messaged them and I said, is, you know, is the trailer available? And I get a message back. They say yes. And then say, you know, where are you and can I come and look at it? And, um, they said, well, I'm coming up from Florida in three days, but you can, put a half deposit on the item. And then if you don't like it, when you see it, I'll refund the money. And I was like, mm, I think I know this person, but I, I, I bowed out. Uh, does that sound like it was a scam? It sounds very much like a scam. And, you know, if it's somebody that, you know, that, you know, you see something posted that as in this case, the trailer, uh, it doesn't hurt to give them a call or email them if you have their correct email address. Uh, it's very easy to go on Facebook and create uh, a synthetic uh, identity and then put whatever you want on it. It's also easy to clone somebody else's identity because of what we put on Facebook. Uh, you know, I, I like I kind of. Uh, put Facebook in the same category as what used to be called the family Christmas letter, where you'd get somebody in the family sending you uh, a multi-page letter telling you everything they've done for the past year. And people treat Facebook the same way. Like you're talking, you are talking to your best friends and family members and you're sharing things. The reality is you're sharing things with the world. And so First of all, anything that you don't want to share with absolute strangers shouldn't go up on Facebook. That's the first rule. The second rule is that you want to be very judicious in what you post. Uh, things like photographs, uh, specific details of family activities, health issues, uh, those things can be used against you. Because you have to assume that, you know, the the criminals out there are constantly checking places like Facebook, uh, Twitter accounts to see what people are posting because they know we, we kind of let our guard down and we say almost anything or, or post almost anything that comes into our mind. Uh, we, we have to exert some degree of restraint and... Uh, I know that's hard because you don't want to consider Facebook as kind of a, a public venue, but that's what it is. Yeah, and um, I did what you suggested. I asked, because this is a person I hadn't seen in a while, but I asked um, if she, 
if she could give me a call and the message back came that something about that they were on something, but it sounded like she, she couldn't call me. And that's when I was like, okay, wait a minute. This, this totally doesn't sound right. You know, everybody's got a phone nowadays. Um, yeah. So the yeah, self, when, when the, when, the, when the, when the person on the other end makes it difficult for you to make a legitimate contact, that's a sure sign that you're dealing with a criminal. So we're talking a lot about the social media, but um, the phone in general is a tool. If our listeners are like uh, me, I get a call every other day, every day actually, from some Vermont number that, and it lists the town and might be Chelsea, Vermont. I think everybody in Chelsea, Vermont's nice. I should answer the phone, but I don't anymore. Uh, is that the commonplace? Is that is that a big uh, aggress- yeah. aggressive tool? They, you know, the the reality is that the criminal knows where you are. Uh, that they can do some traces in the background, and if you're a Vermonter, they can take literally any town in Vermont and clone a phone number from it. So that's where it gets dangerous. It also gets dangerous because uh, you can fake things like being uh, a law enforcement officer. And uh, the number that shows up on your caller ID is the number for the sheriff's department in your county. And so you, you think you're smart because you've checked it out, and, oh, that's, you know, the Washington County Sheriff's Office, so I better answer the phone. And the criminal's been able to clone that number. Uh, the You know, one, there are a couple of things you can do when you get calls that you're really suspicious of. Uh, and the first one is you just say to the person, gee, you know, we've got a really bad connection. I'll call you back. And then that gives you time to check out that number and make sure it's legit, and then call if it is legit. Uh, but you don't want to start providing information about yourself or your family over the phone to somebody you can't identify or verify the identity of. And sometimes I answer the phone because it, the call will coincide with someone I sort of expect to be hearing from, and it and it kind of relates and looks legitimate. And I I messaged you uh, during the week about a, I got a vacation call, and um, I immediately hung up because I realized it wasn't who I thought it was calling. But that's a that's a big scam too, right? Yeah, the uh, there are legitimate uh, marketers of vacations, and then there are scam marketers. The legitimate folks are usually people connected with large hotel chains, uh, Hilton, uh, Choice Hotels, uh, Holiday Inn, and they're trying to market uh, timeshares. And the way they do it is they offer you a three- or a five-day vacation at one of their resort locations. All you have to do is sit through a uh, short meeting, which is a high-pressure sales pitch. The criminals, on the other hand, will often say, you know, you can get this great vacation four days and and three nights, and it'll only cost you $199. 
and all the you know, amenities and food and beverage are included. Uh, that generally is going to be a scam. So uh, those things are, are pretty, you know, <laughs> synonymous with scamming. And, you know, the, the idea of, uh, you know, saying I have a bad connection, can I call you back? That's a good way to basically put yourself in a situation where you can't be pressured and you can do your research as necessary. If it's a loved one who's calling you, uh, you can look up the number, you know, and check to see if that's the real number from that person. But, you know, we're getting more and more into these criminals who are using the computer and using artificial intelligence to target. And the, the best thing to do, if you think you're being targeted, there are some clear places you can contact. One of them is the Vermont Attorney General's Office. They have a program called the Consumer Assistance Program, or CAP, and their phone number is 800-649-2424. They will look into your situation and get back to you after they've done some research. They're very responsive. Uh, it's, it's a great service that the state of Vermont provides through the AG's office. Uh, that's if you, you, know, you, you think you may have fallen for a scam. The other place you can go to if you, you consider that, you know, oh, God, I just gave them my credit card number, uh, you can report it to the Federal Trade Commission, which is FTC.gov. Both of those are, are great resources, and you don't have to worry about, well, you know, I might be wrong. I better not bother them. Go ahead and, and report it. That's your safety net. And if you're wrong, you're wrong, but they're not going to come after you and say, well, you gave us a bad lead. The other place you can go to is to AARP. Our organization has a fraud helpline. The number is 877-908-3360. And the staff volunteers who have been trained extensively in how to uh, get at the facts. They are uh, very helpful people. If the person who answers the phone initially is not familiar with the particular uh, situation that you're describing, they will bump it up to somebody who is. So uh, there are resources that you can go to, and they're excellent resources that you should consider rather than trying to deal with it by yourself. You, you can't play Lone Ranger when you're uh, being faced with people who are professional criminals, and that's who we're dealing with. Yeah. In regard to the, 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 the weird accent, you know, that's not the brains behind the operation generally. That person is several levels up and probably two countries away from the caller. You'd need to consider, you know, that this stuff is being uh, put together by very intelligent people who've studied psychology, know what they're doing, and you're not going to beat them. So your best bet is don't engage them. When you get that call, as you did, hang up. Yeah, we're it's talking with uh, Elliot Greenblatt. We're running out of time here, Elliot. I want to thank you and... Uh, yeah, don't be embarrassed about it. It's, uh, it happens. Report it. Uh, go to the, uh, 
the, the calls that he he cited. And uh, Elliot, you'll be back next week. Thanks for being with me. Okay, it's been great to be here. This is Brad Furlan, Vermont Viewpoint. We'll be back right after this. Good morning. This is Brad Furlan, your Monday host on Vermont Viewpoint here at WDEV in historic Waterbury, Vermont. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, we can't do radio without you. Uh, coming up at noon, uh, my good friend Bill Sayre, Common Sense Radio. He's going to be talking with Chris Barbieri uh, about uh, changes underway in China and how those changes will affect us in Vermont. Boy, it sure makes makes the world small when uh, we have those conversations here at WDEV. So that'll be fascinating to hear Chris and Bill uh, discuss the future of American automobile and its role in our culture and economy. Great, great coming up. My next guest is in studio with me, uh, Jeff Wilcock. Vermont Weatherization Program Administrator. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great. Um, so weatherization program is something that is through the Department for Children and Families. When I was when I was hearing about that, I thought it's sort of a, a different venue to, to offer a service, but uh, obviously you connect with a lot of people who need the service. Right. Uh, we're right down the street here at the, the Agency of Human Services, the state building under the Department for Children and Families, and I'm in the Office of Economic Opportunity. Uh, we're a social program that delivers uh, uh, many benefits to low-income Vermonters uh, through an energy efficiency program. So we we do a lot and provide a lot of benefits for folks. And you're here in Waterbury, but this is statewide, right? You're yep. you're dealing uh, with people all over. Sure. I work for the state office, and we're a group of six that uh, oversees uh, funds, uh, provides training and monitoring to six local agencies that are spread out across Vermont uh, that serve the – they actually do the work. Uh, they take the eligibility from clients, deem them eligible, and then start the multi-tiered, multi-stepped process uh, Four of the five of the agents, well, four of the agencies are community action programs. They have a weatherization office as part of their program, and the the other is a, a nonprofit up in the Northeast Kingdom that just does not just, but does weatherization and home repair program. And would this be for primarily for homeowners only, or renters, or how we? We do it all at residential buildings that are lived in by low-income Vermonters. Uh, I should have brought my income guidelines, but uh, uh, as long as their household income in the past 12 months is below a certain amount or if they receive auto qualifiers such as LIHEAP fuel assistance, they are eligible whether they own or rent. So if, if they own... All the work is is completely no cost, including significant health and safety and, and structural repairs. Uh, if it's a a rental building, if the landlord is not income eligible, they're responsible for some uh, health and safety and structural repairs before we do our work. And do they have to work in conjunction with the landlord, or can they sort of pursue that pursue it without them? 
Nope. Uh, the landlord has to agree to weatherization. Uh, it has to agree to certain uh, requirements like, uh, you know, if there's a an issue with the heating system, the landlord would have to fix that, uh, which they would do anyway. Uh, so we really don't require anything of the landlord that uh, rental laws in the state of Vermont require anyway. Uh, but there's paperwork that all parties, the rent, the, the low-income renter, the uh, – the landlord and the local agency have to sign and agree to before everything starts. Right, but it's really benefits the landlord because he's getting he or she is getting infrastructure help. Oh yeah, I I, I say it's a no brainer for for the client for the the landlord uh, and obviously for the the weatherization program. Uh, we want to help all folks that are eligible. Uh, we. We would, on a rental property, uh, insulate and air seal, uh, save the building or the client or whoever pays the bill uh, significant energy and at the same time improve the comfort and uh, the indoor air quality, lots of benefits. So I live in a 150-year-old farmhouse. If somebody came for weatherization in my farmhouse, they'd turn around and speed out of the out of the town. No, those are the fun ones. I used to be an energy auditor when I started like 25 years ago. And when an auditor pulls up to a – that's an energy auditor. They go out one of the first steps and determine what cost-effectively can be done to improve the, the energy efficiency and the comfort and the health and safety. So you drive up to one of those and you, you, you plan on multiple hours of being there, but you know that you're going to – it's going to be a real brain teaser and you got to really map things out and do your testing and determine what's going to be – what can be done to save – save the client energy and their heating bills. Uh, and we have a lot of de- diagnostic equipment like infrared cameras, blower doors that measure exactly how drafty your house is. So it's really a fun, fun thing. And then the crews go there, the weatherization crews, and they implement the me- measures, we call it, whether it's insulating walls or attics, air sealing attics, installing bathroom fans, uh, sealing return ductwork in the basement, uh, just just a lot of things that we do that really uh, you see that the you see the results it's after a day of working. A lot of crews, the clients will come up and say, "Oh, my house is already warmer after one day of you working here." It's yeah, pretty, quite. Those are the ones we save a lot of energy and, and dollars on their heating bills. I'll bet you you really become a detective of sorts, yep. right? And you exactly. learn sort of the usual suspect places in a house. Yep, exactly. Uh, knee walls are typically a, a an issue on larger uh, homes, multi-storied homes that are little triangular areas at the sides under the roof that uh, a lot of people don't even know they exist. Uh, but we save a ton of ton of fuel and energy by getting in there and uh, fixing them up. If you've got questions about uh, this uh, energy and getting a Vermont weatherization program, uh, please give us a call. We're at 802-244-1777. If there's a strong north wind and it's blowing candles out in your living room, maybe weatherization is something that you should consider. Definitely. Uh, we average, I want to say, almost 40% air leakage reduction 
so when we go out to a home to, to do the analysis or the energy audit, we measure how much air leaks into the building. It's called cubic feet per minute at 50 pascals pressure difference. So it's a number. And then we use that blower door as a tool so we can see or feel the air leakage while the crews are working. And at the end, we measure how much, how tight the house is at the end. So we know how much we've saved and reduced air leakage. And it's on average almost 40% of the starting air leakage. And that's a lot. Yeah, that's remarkable. Of course, it's a lot. And so I'm, um, I'm curious about something, you know, obviously you tighten up a house, you make it more efficient and stuff is, is practical for heating bills and stuff like that. But you mentioned safety. What, what are things that you, you come across that get into that safety world? Yeah. I want to, you brought something, a really great point. So we tighten up a home and we install, install ventilation, which actually can depressurize the house. So we, every home we, we work on, we do a worst case depressurization test where we make sure when the house is set up in winter conditions, windows closed and all the bathroom fans on and the clothes dryer, which takes air out of the house, we make sure all combustion appliances still safely draft because if you don't make sure, a lot of times they don't draft, and you can be harming clients, pulling uh, carbon monoxide f- exhaust fumes down in down the chimney into the house. So, so everything we do, we make sure it doesn't have negative repercussions. Uh, a lot of the structural or health and safety issues you asked about, like uh, we're installing uh, high quality Panasonic fans to make sure when you get a house tighter, it's important to get that moisture you produce from showering or even breathing or plants. Uh, uh, whatever out of the home so that we're not causing mold and mildew issues uh you know we uh we fix uh minor roof repairs and even in the last couple of years we've had some funds from the department of energy and our our state weatherization funds to fix uh lower costing roofs uh that a lot of a lot of the homes we're in have issues that prohibit weatherization you know like a leaky roof or uh uh, leaky sills in the in the basement. So uh, while we do have restrictions, I mean, the, the program, the intent of the program is to save energy and put money back in clients' pockets. We do have, especially in the last three, four years, quite a bit of funds to, to make sure the home is ready for weatherization, won't have negative repercussions from it. We're talking with Jeff Wilcock, uh, Vermont Weatherization Program Administrator, we're going to get back to some of the the actual uh, performances in the home, but uh, I want to ask you about who performs the services, and and I think you have a need for contractors as well. Yes. Uh, so, like I, I mentioned, we have six. We call them our local agencies or weatherization providers. Uh, five serve one to four unit homes statewide, and we have. We've recently added a sixth that does multifamily weatherization of rentals, like you mentioned, statewide. Uh, so they serve statewide, and the other five do their local uh, catchment area. And, and they employ anywhere from 20 to 30 workers. We're in the, in the midst of a ramp-up, so we're getting more funds each year. And, and from that, we have to weatherize more homes each year. So we're hiring uh, and then mostly at the crew position level, which is the, the folks that do the most important work. they out there insulating and air sealing and doing the work that makes the difference in the client's homes. But before we get to that, uh, the agencies have to make sure the heating systems are running safely and uh, hot water heaters are 
all the combustion appliances and, and some other work is done before the crews go out there. And that's where they hire subcontractors statewide. And, and it's been a little bit of a pinch point lately or a, a stress point, I should say. It hasn't slowed us down, but it's given us concern. And, uh, each agency is looking for subcontractors to, to do the following work. Roof repairs, heating system clean and tunes, heating system replacements, heat pump water heater installs, cold climate heat pump installs, electrical repairs, plumbing repairs. Uh, even if you want to do some insulation and air sealing, each of the agencies uh, would love to talk to you because we need to ramp up uh, in get our program bigger by significant amounts the last few years and moving forward as more and more more and more money comes to us so there's opportunity out there for for folks uh so uh yes we'd love to hear from you if you have interest so if you qualify for this is there a number they call or yep. uh so uh, income eligible Vermonters uh, can, if you feel you, you know, if you if you receive fuel assistance, you're automatically eligible. Definitely call your local agency and apply now. Uh, but if you if you have a, a if you're wondering if you're eligible, you can go to our website, uh, which is uh, dcf.vermontspelledout.gov. Uh, or you can just Google Vermont Weatherization Program, and it should pull up our income guidelines. Uh, and for example, uh, a household of three living in Vermont, if, if your gross income for the last 12 months was approximately $53,000 for the last 12 months or less, you'd be eligible for the program, and it would be at no cost. And so, it really provides a lot of financial benefit. We invest on average this year about $15,000 per household, all costs, uh, and, and save about 30% of your uh, energy bills. Uh, and one thing I wanted to add, the non-energy benefits of weatherization are uh, much larger than the energy benefits. Uh, we, we save a lot of energy, but the the health and safety of the home, and they can put dollar amounts to those those non-energy benefits, and they do, and it's significantly more than the energy benefits. You know, we're making your house warmer, safer, uh, you name it. It's, yeah. it's much more. There's health benefits, and the Department of Health did a little, uh, not little, but a study on on the benefits of those in our program, and uh, it's significant. And it it strikes me it's tricky business. I know when they build houses, they're looking at moisture barriers and all of this stuff, and and having a house not too tight and not too yeah. loose. So it, that must create huge challenges yeah. for you. Yeah, I'm glad you brought. Th- that up. So I started on the technical side, and that was my area. Uh, and then I've moved on to the administrative, less fun side. <laughs> uh, but I still remember a lot of the, the technical stuff. And, it, and the saying we use is build tight, ventilate right. You don't want to leave a leaky building. You want to air seal as, as thoroughly as you can. And that then at the same time, install ventilation to get that moisture out of the home the way you want it out. You don't want leaks throughout your building because that in the winter allows moisture to, to leak through your building and then condense on the, the cold surfaces that then turns to moisture and rot. So build it tight and then ventilate it right. 
moisture, rot, and mold, I assume, too. Oh, right? yeah, mold. Yes, mold yeah. first, then rot. Yeah. Uh, and I'll stand behind that. Our building, our program weatherizes over a thousand homes a year for, and I've been in the program 25 years. And that's been our MO since I've been here. Build it, get it. We don't build them, but get them as tight as you can. And at the same time, install ventilation and make sure your combustion appliances draft safely. And if you do that, you're not going to have problems and you're going to save the most energy you can and have the most healthy home. Yeah, safe and healthy home. Now, radon is something that is uh, yep. fairly prevalent in Vermont. Do, do you get into that at all? We do. Uh, well, I should say we we, we address it. We uh, we have a, uh, some information we hand out, and, and actually it's our, our program is funded partially by the Department of Energy. There's 50 pro- – each state has a program in the seven territories, and we receive fund- funding from DOE. And they did a study a while back that showed that weatherizing a home may, in some cases, increase the radon. Well, they feel it could, and in some cases, it decreases the radon. So in the long of it, it's – they don't, we're not sure about radon. It's tough. But a lot of the things we do, you know, we air seal basement walls and these old con, uh, stone foundations. When you air seal that, you keep the soil gases from coming in. So a lot of times we reduce radon, but there are cases, you know, when you're stalling ventilation, you're sucking on the building. We could be increasing it. So we, we alert the clients that it could increase or it could decrease. We don't know. Uh, but at the same time, we give them a, a link to the Department of Health, and they can get a radon test kit mailed to them. And uh, there is some funding, not through our program, but uh, if you have high radon, uh, there's other resources uh, to help you, you know, get a system to address it. Yeah, and I, I experienced that myself in a, in a home I was living in where I got the test, sealed up the house for a day or whatever, and lo and behold, comes back with a high radon level. And um, they there is mitigation. Uh, it was a townhouse, so yep. my neighbor got a fan in their bathroom that, that ventilated the house better. Yeah. No, it, 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 it's uh, definitely a, a – a tough subject and we try to be transparent with every, everything we do and we we uh, communicate with the clients. The first step of our process is efficiency coach visit where someone sits down with the client, talks about the program and all the benefits and you know what, what each party is going to do to make sure the program runs smoothly and refers the clients to any other programs like the Department of Health and these radon kits. Uh, so it's, it's a complicated program but it's uh, – uh, nicely complicated and lots of good benefits for folks that uh, participate. Yeah, we're talking with Jeff Wilcock, uh, Vermont Weatherization Program, uh, which is through the Department for Children and Families. You might be eligible, uh, and it's worth a call, and it gets you into the queue, right? Nothing's yes. going to happen tomorrow, but... Yep, we're not a, an emergency program, but we are, uh, we do have a wait list, uh, but the sooner you apply, the sooner you'll get served. Uh, when there's folks, when there's more people that want to be served than we have the funding for, we have what we call our WAP ranking, and so it's based on if you're elderly, disabled, or you have children, you get more priority points so that, uh, uh, Say if you have 100 people in the wait list, their priority is based on need, and those of lower incomes also get priority points. So it may not be – some people may not think it's fair when you're waiting, but, you know, uh, all things being equal, we, we try to make sure the – 
that we prioritize based on clients in need. And they'll get to you. We'll We'll get get to you. you. Yep. Time on the wait list uh, does give you points. So you will get served. It just may be a little (laughs) bit longer than you'd like. And uh, so we only have about two minutes left, Um, Greg. The... there's, you need contractors, so um, contractors can reach out to DCF directly, or what do they do? Uh, nope. Uh, so you can reach out to the local agency, and our website has a link to the, the weatherization directors at the, the six local agencies. Uh, we just did a statewide front porch forum with that contact info looking for subcontractors. Uh, uh you know, Google Vermont Weatherization Program is probably the quickest way to get you there. And also, I just wanted to mention uh, crew workers, the folks that are out there every day insulating and air sealing in really tough conditions. But it's a really beneficial, uh, rewarding job that, you know, the, the folks that do that, I just take my hats off, my hats. Well, I, do, I don't want one at a time, <laughs> but my hat off to them and, and thank them. And we're hiring that position statewide, and it's really a, a rewarding uh, position for the right folks. Uh, each agency is still hiring and will continue because uh, the money comes very quickly each year, more than we have the previous year. You know, Vermont's really progressive with wanting to weatherize folks, which is great. Yeah, so if you have a full-time desire, there are some openings, uh, and you can put your skills t- to work. If you're a contractor and you have a little bit of time in yep. your schedule, you can jump in and fill the gaps. Definitely, and, and we also run the emergency heating system program starting November 1st, where if you're income eligible and you have an unsafe or dangerous heating situation, uh, we'll get a heating contractor out there to make it safe. Well, it's uh, great. We've been talking uh, with Jeff Wilcox, Vermont Weatherization Program Administrator. You might be eligible for really good benefits uh, to weatherize your home, make it more comfy, make it safer. Uh, the cat won't complain and the, the dog won't bite people. It's, uh, it's Put money back in your pocket. Put money back in your pocket. I want to thank you so much for being my guest. We'll have you back. And, All right. Uh, anytime. I'll leave my card here. Yeah. Just well, down the road. Hear more about it. This is uh, Brad Furlan, Vermont Viewpoint. Uh, thanks for being with us this morning. We can't do radio without you, the listener. It's Monday. I hope your week goes well, and I'll see you next Monday. This is Brad Furlan. <laughs>